From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. This is the Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard. It's uh, four minutes past the hour of 9 p.m. on Wednesday evening here on the East Coast of the United States. And you know what day and time it is wherever you are partaking of the Steve Malzberg Show. And we have so much news breaking out today. Um, and it couldn't be a, a better day to have a, a sitting U.S. congressman join us at the bottom of the hour, as Andy Ogles of the great state of Tennessee will be doing. Okay, so let's catch you up maybe in reverse order a little bit here, but um, uh, late, this, uh, late this evening, the, um, a judge, federal judge in Illinois kicked Donald Trump off the ballot in that state. Now, of course, this isn't the first time it happened. The Supreme Court is already considering the Colorado case where Colorado's state Supreme Court voted to kick Donald Trump off the ballot. During that questioning, they seemed uh, very skeptical of that move. And I would imagine that once they rule on uh, the Colorado issue, it will also uh, encompass uh, all states, including the Illinois decision. But uh, the judge actually ruled and then stayed her own order. Um, it was an unexpected decision. And uh, this is uh, Cook County Judge, Circuit Judge Tracy Porter. And the court says she realizes the magnitude of this decision and its impact on the upcoming primary in Illinois. The Illinois State Board of Elections shall remove Donald Trump from the ballot for the general primary election on March 19th, which isn't far off. Uh, or cause any uh, or 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 cause any votes cast for him to be suppressed. So, um, like I said, also stayed her own order, knowing that the Supreme Court is considering. She's allowing for time for Trump to appeal this. It's a it's a legal mishmash, okay. But again, we'll wait for the Supreme Court's decision on Colorado and the language they use in that decision. I'm sure will address a state's right to take a presidential candidate off the ballot uh, for the reasons that they're all stating. Again, here in Illinois, he participated in an insurrection, although he's never been charged with participating in an insurrection. Okay, so that's one. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court has agreed to hear Donald Trump's argument of immunity, immunity to uh, prosecution for uh, things that were done while he was president. So they have set April, the week of April 22nd for arguments. So that's almost two months, a little, a little a week less than two months away. And then at the earliest, the Supreme Court will rule on that in June, probably late June. Now, although there's no guarantee they will rule on it in June, could be could be, you know, after the election, but let's say even June. So this pushes back Jack Smith's um, uh, case in the um, election interference. Who knows how long? I mean, he wanted to get it done. He wanted to get it started. He wanted to get Trump in jail, you know, the whole thing. Now it's like, whoa, Supreme Court says, well, well, well you can't do that. You can't start the trial. We're going to hear Trump's arguments in April, the end of April. And we're not going to rule on this for at least two months after that. 
So Jack Smith must be like kicking things, you know? So good news for Trump. I, I, and I, I'd say bad news on Illinois, but I, that's not going to stick. That's, that's just not going to stick at all. I, I, I mean, I'd be shocked along with everybody else if there's any way that uh, that, that becomes, um, um, you know, th- that that's um, accepted anywhere. Okay, what else we got going on? We have a lot of stuff going on. Um, bad news for Trump. He had asked for a... Um, a, uh, a a stay in him having to pay the penalty, the financial penalty in that New York civil case, the fraud case, the hundreds of, you know, the almost, almost a half a billion dollars while he appeals and a court in New York said no. Now I'm sure they'll appeal it to the next court, but the, the, the money he owes keeps going up and up and up and up. So it's just a, a, a whole plethora of things going on. Um, we also have uh, news on the entertainment front, uh, the passing of uh, comedian Richard Lewis. And I have a little story to tell about Richard Lewis, which I'll hopefully get in by the end of the show. I believe he was 70, uh, 76 years old. He died of a heart attack. Curb Your Enthusiasm, but way before Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, you know, in movies and stuff. But what, I, what the way I got to know him was, his stand-up comedy, self-deprecating, you know, uh, neurotic, uh, crazy stuff. And I'll tell you about um, my experience with him uh, where I did an interview with him for the Yankee pregame show. Yes, the Yankees pregame show. And then became a little friendly with him. And uh, then why he wouldn't talk to me and wouldn't come on my show anymore. <laughs> I'll tell you all this that that a little bit later on. So that's something to stick around for, if nothing else, right? Okay. Now we also had the minority leader of the U.S. Senate, Mitch McConnell, former majority leader, uh, the, the, who's been in the Senate forever, announcing that he, at the end of November, will be relinquishing his leadership position. And he intends to finish out his term, I think, which which goes to the end of 2027, if I'm not mistaken. But he has no intention. But 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 he's 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 done with being, uh, you know, the 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 top Republican in the Senate. Um, and he hopes that his successor, next January, of course, would become the majority leader. But they have to win control of the Senate for that to happen. So let me let you hear some of what Mitch McConnell, who you know. There's been some uh, incidents with Mitch McConnell in recent months where he's froze during press conferences. He's just, you know, he had to be helped away from the microphone. He just froze uh, people questioning his health and uh, everything. And he he got emotional a little bit today. And God bless him. Uh, here he is. Here is cut uh, 323. I turned 82 last week. <clears throat> the end of my contributions or closer than I'd prefer. My career in the United States Senate began amidst the Reagan Revolution. The truth is, when I got here, I was just happy if anybody remembered my name. President Reagan called me Mitch O'Donnell. Close enough, I thought. My life My wife Elaine and I got married on President Reagan's birthday, February 6th. It's 
probably not the most romantic thing to admit, but Reagan meant a lot to both of us. You could hear the emotion in his voice, and it continues uh, with uh, 324. So as I've been thinking about when I would deliver some news to the Senate, I always imagined a moment when I had total clarity and peace about the sunset of my work. A moment when I'm certain I have helped preserve the ideals I so strongly believed. That day arrived today. But now it's 2024. I'm now 82. As Ecclesiastes tells us, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. To serve Kentucky in the Senate has been the honor of my life. To lead my Republican colleagues has been the highest privilege. But one of life's most underappreciated talents is to know when it's time to move on to life's next chapter. So I stand before you today, Mr. President, and my colleagues to say this will be my last term as Republican leader of the Senate. Yeah, and, um, you know, it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing for a lot of reasons. Uh, it's a good thing because he knows when to go. He's going on his own terms. Uh, it's a good thing because I believe he doesn't represent the party any longer. Uh, he's done great things, um, but he's not a Trump supporter. He's not where the party now is. He's where the party was. And I'll say this. You look at the U.S. Supreme Court and you look at the Trump appointees, all three of them, and you could thank Mitch McConnell. You know why? Because after Harry Reid, the former majority leader of the Senate, the Democrat from Nevada, after Harry Reid played around and changed the rules for getting federal judges approved, and he took away the 60-vote threshold, the filibuster, no more, that, no more filibustering federal judges, just majority vote, 51, not 60. Well, Mitch McConnell said when he took over as majority leader, oh, uh, by the way, that was for federal judges, not including the Supreme Court, what Harry Reid did and the Democrats. That was the, that was the, the, the nuclear option, they called it. So what Mitch McConnell then said when it was advantageous for them, Mitch McConnell said, you changed the rules, you started this, now I'm going to change the rules. No more filibuster for the Supreme Court. That 51 will now apply to the Supreme Court nominees as well as all federal judges. Nah, 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 nah. And because of that, because of that, you had three, all three of Trump's nominees, none of them would have gotten 60. And you have them all on the Supreme Court. He also refused to recognize the nomination when Barack Obama in his final year as president 
nominated Brett Kavanaugh. And he refused to bring that to the floor, saying that there's precedent for it. There, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, Joe Biden even spoke about how a president shouldn't be able to bring a nominee to, you know, have a, a nominee in his final year voted on by the Senate. So McConnell said, nope, sorry, Merrick Garland, you're not getting a vote. You're not getting, we're not, you're not going to have a hearing. So he did a lot of great things, a lot of great things. One more from Mitch McConnell, 325. But Father Time remains undefeated. I'm no longer the young man sitting in the back hoping colleagues would remember my name. It's time for the next generation of leadership. As Henry Clay said in this very body in 1850, the Constitution of the United States was not made merely for the generation that then existed, but for posterity, unlimited, undefined, endless, perpetual posterity. So time rolls on. There'll be a new custodian of this great institution next year. Won't surprise you to know I intend to turn this job over to a Republican majority leader. I have full confidence in my conference to choose my replacement and lead our country forward. Yep. All right. Well, God bless uh, Mitch McConnell. And again, he's not going anywhere. He's just uh, stepping down from the leadership position. Uh, now, if only we had a president. Now, you could bet that his wife, Elena Chow, you could bet that, that she had something to do with this, at least signed off on it, if not pressured him a little bit to do it. And if only Dr. Jill Biden. See, say Broadway. That Jill Biden. If only she wasn't such a power-hungry witch she would have her husband do the same thing, would have had him do it already. Um, I want you to take a look at what Italian TV is now turning into a regular feature, okay? Here is cut 315. Buonasera. Presidente Biden, oh, Presidente Biden, President, Mr. President. Buonasera. Dove va? Mr. President, oh mamma mia. No, non arriva la metropolitana perché non è la metro, it's not the subway, non è la metropolitana qui, no, no, no. What's your name? Con chi parla? Eh, Mr. President. Eh. My name is Joe Kennedy. No, Biden, lei è Biden, <ride> Biden. ma con chi parla? Eh certo, prego. Ecco, se riesce, eh, if, you, if you can, no, 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 sta girando su, no, 
No, Mr. President, no, not turn. No, no, you have Hello, to. my name is no, Joe. No, ma l'ha già salutato. Lasci stare. That's funny. And there's, there's, there's more they've been doing. And uh, that, you know, it's funny. Again, I don't blame Joe Biden for who he is or what he's become. Uh, as far as his, his mental health, that's beyond his reach. Um, you know, and the big joke, the really big joke is that, ladies and gentlemen, I want to give you this story. Again, more news today. What a news day. You know, it's one thing after the other, okay? I want everybody to rest easy. I've played you. Everybody, you've seen and heard a million Joe Biden, you know, mistakes and lies and falls and bumping his head and walking like he can't walk and lie, you know, just like and eating the ice cream cone and sniffing little girls, although that's no excuse. He was sniffing little girls when he was vice president, hugging them, grabbing them, sniffing them, moving their hair, smell, kissing their neck. That's sick. There's a sickness there. However, no such sickness or any other sickness was referenced because the president went for his physical. Yes, we could all rest easy. Let me read you. President Biden is fit for duty. Oh, yes, and he does not have any new health concerns. So says his doctor, after a physical exam conducted today, that was closely watched amid voter concerns about Biden's age while seeking re-election. Uh, I, I hate to tell the person who wrote this, and I'm sure they address it later. Well, there were two people at, at the Hill. Uh, that's not the voter concerns. You know, he's falling down. He's banging his head. You know, does he have uh, high cholesterol, whatever that, that that's not really the concern. The concern is he doesn't know what's going on. And no cognitive test was done. Gee, I wonder why. No cognitive test. Joe is fit for office. So says the doctor. Too bad the special counsel, who, by the way, will be testifying before Congress in a few weeks. Um, he said differently, didn't he? And not only will he be testifying before Congress, Congress has subpoenaed the tapes and the transcript of the special counsel's interviews with Joe Biden from last October. Oh, baby, I hope they get that and play it for all of us. Put it on pay-for-view and I'll pay for it. That, that must see, must listen. The president feels well and this year's physical identified no new concerns. He continues to be fit for duty and fully executes all of his responsibilities without any exemptions or accommodations, so says Dr. Kevin O'Connor in a memo shared with reporters. O'Connor's summary of the visit described Biden as a healthy, active, robust 81-year-old male who remains fit to successfully execute the duties of the presidency. Um, let me see. Da-da-da, an extremely detailed neuro... O'Connor wrote that an extremely detailed neurological exam showed there were no findings consistent with any disorders such as stroke, MS, or Parkinson's, and he showed excellent motor skills. Biden did not undergo a cognitive test. Doctors determined it wasn't necessary. Oh, it wasn't necessary. Oh, thank God for the doctors to determine that. 
They, he didn't need a cognitive test. No, they took one look at him and said, you, you, a cognitive test? Not necessary. Quote, this is uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre. Um, oh, that's what Corinne Jean-Pierre told reporters, that the doctor said it wasn't necessary. And then she added the self-proclaimed historic figure, the gay, well, the lesbian black press secretary said, he passes a cognitive test every day as he moves from one topic to another test, understanding the granular uh, level of these topics. There you go. There you go. If the self-proclaimed historic figure, Karine Jean-Pierre, says he doesn't need one, and the doctor said he doesn't need one, then we're all crazy, and we all need one. Unbelievable. Can you imagine this? And you know how the media is there. I could just see Joe Scarborough tomorrow morning. I, oh, told you, Mika. He's fit as a fiddle. Hey, look at him. I told you we've been saying that. Cognitive, cognitive, schmognitive. The doctor says he doesn't need one. <laughs> what a joke. What a joke. I mean, it, it, to even have to say what a joke, it, 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 you know, it goes without saying, but if I don't say that, I'm going to say something I'll regret, even though I could probably say it. I don't want to say it. But this guy, man, I mean, again, not his fault, but no, no cognitive tests needed. Now, let me bring you this. Let me bring you this. This is um, the view. Yesterday, Joe Biden in Michigan uh Got a, you know, got a, he won the Michigan primary. He won it overwhelmingly. But over 100,000 voters, over 13% voted uncommitted as they were asked to do by supporters of the Palestinians and Arab Americans in Michigan. Over 100,000. So the view, they were ticked off about this. Here's Alyssa Farah Griffin first uh, in cut 321. I want to take a rare moment to defend Joe Biden on this. There was a ceasefire, to your point, on October. But I don't defend he Joe Biden. Defend. The, oh. um, there was a ceasefire. Since the, since the terrorist attack against Israelis, Joe Biden has been working every single day yes. to first get hostages released and then get a ceasefire. His National Security Council, his State Department, this notion that he's sitting on his hands and doesn't understand that there's carnage on both sides is absurd. And I have to say, again, we're going to agree today. Donald Trump is not an alternative for no. the Arab American community. No. They're talking about bringing back the Muslim ban. It is an absolute absurdity. That's right. And there were voters I saw interviewed last night who said, I'd be willing to support Trump over him or I'm not going to turn out. The, the, what Biden needs to do is not reverse policy here. He needs to communicate to these people. We see you. We hear you. We are calling on the Israelis to have as few didn't civilian casualties as possible. Didn't he just say? Sorry, go ahead. He just did say that he yeah. was working towards a ceasefire. Blinken has indicated that hopefully this, this ceasefire is going to happen next week. And I think he heard these people. <laughs> you think he heard these people. There's not going to be any ceasefire next week. Okay. Um, now, so that was Sonny, of course. Now, Sonny is going to take offense when it's brought up that the UN is just a bastion of anti-Israel everything. Always has been, always will be. So here is cut uh, 322. 
And I think there will be a change in policy. But at the moment, what these voters, these single issue voters, which there are women that vote single issue, there yes. are evangelicals that vote single and issue. And we quetch at there them every African time. Americans that vote single, single issue. So this is no different. And what, what, what I will say is when you have your UN ambassador voting, be, being the deciding vote for a cease, uh, against a ceasefire every single time, the world has noticed. Because the UN also had agencies that had people that participated on October 7th. So a lot of the things that are just being discovered about the UN and their own interests. So in now this, the, UN the UN is, is deeply anti-Israel. The, the UN, UN has, deeply anti yes, they, the they UN do has a long history of having more resolutions against Israel than North Korea and Iran and some of the worst human rights abusers on the planet. And her point, the, the ambassador's point is, I'm not voting for a ceasefire until the hostages but the, the are released. Yeah, there you go. So it's going to be very, very interesting. I mean, I heard voters uh, interviewed yesterday around the polling uh, stations uh, um, asked about, you know, did they vote um, uncommitted? And they said yes. And they were asked, well, would you be willing to, even if it means helping Donald Trump get into office? They said yes. And although, you know, they, they despise Donald Trump, as I said the other day, what did Donald Trump do? Donald Trump uh, uh, declared the uh, the capital of Israel as as Jerusalem. You know, accepted it that the U.S. recognizes it. I should say, um, declared that uh, accepted that the Golan Heights is uh, is is Israeli territory, uh, and um, the Abraham Accords and everything else uh, cut off aid to certain Palestinian groups. And, you know, Ardenwa, whatever the, however the hell you say it, um, which turns out to be, wow, wow. The proof that has come out, you know, the, what was it, a dozen that participated in the slaughter? And uh, anyway, so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in Michigan going forward. We are going to come back. When we come back, we'll be joined by our friend, uh, the uh, one and only congressman from the great state of Tennessee, Congressman Andy Ogles. Don't go away. Steve Malzberg right here. He's Abby Roberts. Climate change is having a disproportionate effect on the physical and mental health of black communities. Black Americans are more likely than white Americans to live in areas and housing that increase their susceptibility to climate-related health issues. Dr. Rachel Levine, now you may have, may have noticed something about Rachel. Uh, Rachel is in fact a bloke. <laughs> that is a bloke uh, in, in a suit talking about um, how black people are adversely affected by climate. What a load of absolute nonsense. Did you see in the background as well that weird geometric shapes that are kind of all over? There's a weird blob. And uh, she's that's the human... Uh, it's called, I think it's Human Health Services, it's hhs.gov. Honestly, it is beyond scary, this stuff. It's like Marxism on steroids. Abby Roberts on TNT. I'm Cal Fire Battalion Chief Isaac Sanchez. And normally we like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourselves and your family safe during wildfires. But given the historic impacts that the weather has had on our state this year, we would like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourself safe during extreme weather. If you reside in an area susceptible to flooding, Please take the necessary steps to prepare to evacuate if advised. Make sure you've identified at least two exit routes out of your neighborhood as one of them may be blocked or flooded. As the weather develops, remember to check in on vulnerable neighbors and family members. They may need additional time to prepare for evacuation. And just like during a wildfire, if you feel unsafe, please evacuate. You don't have to wait for the order to come. Keep an emergency go bag ready in case you need to evacuate. 
and always remember to plan for the safety of your pets as well. If you must leave, never drive around roadblocks. It can take as little as 12 inches of water to sweep your vehicle away. And always remember the mantra, turn around, don't drown. Be aware of first responders working in highly impacted areas, especially on the roads. For additional safety tips and updates on CAL FIRE activities, follow us on social media or visit fire.ca.gov. Are you sitting comfortably? Oh, yes, yes. Then I'll begin. Even when you're just sitting around, we're rocking the talk. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, we are rocking, I presume, Steve Malsberg with you, and we are joined uh, by uh, our friend, I'm happy to say, who was uh, making uh, uh, his first appearance of the new year on the show, Congressman Andy Ogles, Tennessee Republican, 5th Congressional District, uh, a member of the House Financial Services Committee, member of the House Freedom Caucus, and Congressman, welcome back. How's everything? You know, it's, it's uh, well, I mean, let me be honest, it's crazy, it's, it, it sucks, uh, but we're trying to fix it, right? Uh, but it's, it's great to be on the show. Well, I appreciate that. Okay, so first of all, um, and I hate to use layman's language and, and appear, uh, you know, too ignorant, but it appears that uh, the extensions that were negotiated today, I, I believe between the Speaker and Chuck Schumer, still has to be voted on as far as a government shutdown happening on Friday at midnight. That's not going to happen because the deadlines, there are a couple of deadlines, have been pushed into March a couple of weeks hence. So is it just basically kicking the can down the road, I guess? Well, so so what you have, uh, and, and I would argue that this is garbage. But that being said, if you, if you want to avoid a shutdown, this literally is a short term spending mechanism to allow for the the next continuing re resolution to be negotiated and in time for it to be vetted. Now, what's interesting dynamic here that that wasn't just you know forty eight hours ago is Mitch McConnell, uh, you know, stepping down from his leadership post. And so suddenly you have all of these senators that, that view themselves as a potential minority leader, a future majority leader. And so I think the Senate dynamic has changed in that they're going to be more conservative uh, because they're going to be vying for the support of a Ted Cruz, a Mike Lee, a Marsha Blackburn, et cetera. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see how that changes the dynamic as we go into next week, as we start to negotiating what would essentially be a longer term continuing resolution. And so what we're advocating for in the House Freedom Caucus is let's get to September, let's have the 1% cut. Uh, and, and when you look at that proposal uh, on the non-defense spending, it's actually like a 5% cut. So it, it's really substantial in that we actually start cutting something, which is something that we haven't done a very good job of up to this point. Uh, that's interesting, very, the, the McConnell factor and how it would affect uh, other senators uh, on the Republican side. But you said it's, uh, it, it's, it's garbage uh, and you brushed <laughs> over it a little bit. In, in what respect is it garbage? Well, so a continuing resolution continues spending essentially at current levels and current programs. So that's all the woke stuff, the DEI, the the transgender nonsense, the the spending levels, which currently are above uh, more than Nancy Pelosi was spending when she was speaker. And so it's a continuation of those failed policies that are, you know, it's more debt, it's hurting our economy, it's sending the wrong message to our, to our allies and our enemies, quite frankly, overseas. And so that's why it's garbage. It's like we're not changing the trajectory of the country. Look, I've said it once, I'll say it again, our economy, our country, it's a big ship. 
It turns slowly, just like the Titanic. And if we don't correct course, there is a collision ahead, right? We know this. We're barreling towards $35 trillion in debt. This time next year, it'll be $36 plus trillion in debt. That's not sustainable. No, absolutely. All right. Are you confident? I mean, I saw the speaker come out of the meeting where he was uh, probably the, uh, you know, it was everybody against him. It was McConnell and Schumer and Biden um, and and uh, and the minority uh, leader of the of the House, uh, Akeem yeah, Jeffries. Uh, yeah. So did, did, and then I heard the speaker speak um, and, you know, he he seemed you know, pretty steadfast on the issue of uh, of, of bringing up uh, Ukraine aid. Uh, basically, he said, you know, we got to get the we got to get the border. We got to fix the border. And, you know, putting an end to the nonsense that they're spewing. He says, I told the president to his face he could do this. He could fix this. And yet I want you to hear from um, uh, Republican Congressman uh, Brian Fitzpatrick, who is against any attempt to uh, to um, uh, uh, impeach um, uh, President uh, Biden. And uh, here's what he had to say um, about forcing a vote on Ukraine. Here's 313. So, Congressman Fitzpatrick, are there other Republicans that will join you? This is, as Congressman Golden was alluding, this is bold of you to do, brave of you to do. Are there other Republicans that will join you in Golden, going around Speaker Johnson to force a vote on funding for Ukraine? Uh, there is. In fact, I spoke to several just last night. Um, and I, I wouldn't um, necessarily phrase this, Jake, as going around anybody. This is just to add a pressure point. You know, the politics are very, very tough, as you are well aware, uh, in the House. There's a two-vote margin in the House uh, for Republicans, a two-vote Democrat margin in the Senate. Um, on very, very tough, existential, time-sensitive issues. So we're not trying to circumvent or, or end-run anyone. Quite, quite to the contrary. We're trying to put an additional pressure point uh, on something that has to happen. So what do, you, what do you think? I mean, is there a way? I mean, I think, I guess, technically there is, but do you foresee that they can do an end-run and uh, end-run around the speaker if, yeah. he, if the speaker chooses not to bring it up and, and get a vote on it anyway? Well, it's called a discharge petition, and it's kind of a nuclear option. Uh, so I don't really think it'll happen, but it's certainly laying down the gauntlet and sending a message to the speaker from Fitzpatrick. But that being said, you know, there literally was a, a news article today uh, talking about there's over 50 investigations into fraud and, and theft of money, U.S. taxpayer money in Ukraine, right? It literally was ranked, uh, if not the most corrupt, the, one of the most corrupt nations in Europe before the invasion. And so, like, we're, we're giving them money hand over fist. You know, they want to give them another $60 billion. That's more than we spent on the United States Marines last year. Not, not to, That's not even counting the monies and the equipment we've already given Ukraine. And so it's nonsense to say that we have to do this. We don't have to do this. Our partners in Europe could do this. This is a European problem. We're, we're here to support, not to, to, be, to bear the brunt of it, which is what's happening. And so that being said, we have an open border. You just ha had a young woman that was uh, raped oh, and God. murdered. I mean, this is, we've got Lake, to stop this yeah. flow of illegals and we have to deport people. And, and that's a naughty word nobody wants to talk about, but we got to start sending people home. Because look, when you look at Venezuela and you look at Caracas, you know, they're, they're emptying out their prisons and you know where they're sending them to our border. 
So the yeah. worst of the worst, it's like something like one in eight uh, individuals in Caracas is, is a violent felon. And you know what, what they're doing? They're sending them here. And so this has got to stop the people coming into this country. Uh, quite frankly, you have to go. If you're not here legally, you got to get out of here. Look, it's our country. It's our borders. We can decide who comes in. We, we can decide who stays. But that being said, Fitzpatrick gets it all wrong. We've got to put America first, not America alone, but we got to be America first. Well, of course, you're talking about uh, Lake and Riley, uh, the uh, the uh, nursing student at University of Georgia. There's also was a two year old uh, who was killed uh, uh, near Washington, D.C. by an illegal, a 14 year old girl raped in Boston. And the list keeps growing and growing. Right. Um, it, it, there's also uh, uh, some who are talking about uninviting Joe Biden to the State of the Union unless and until he acts uh, unilaterally, as you all want him to do, and as he should do, and reverses what he undone, undid when he when he reversed everything Trump had done on immigration. Would you favor uninviting him to the State of the Union? Well, so I, I think the genesis of that was from uh, Congressman uh, Scott, Scott Perry. Perry. Uh, yeah, that's right. You know, a former chairman of the Freedom Caucus. He's a Freedom Caucus member. Uh, you know, if that's the step we have to to take to get Biden's attention to actually do something, so uh, you know. Legally, you know, the the speaker, you know, allows or has to allow the president to address the House, but it can be done in form in form of a letter, quite frankly, it doesn't have to be in person. So, you know, would Johnson do that? I don't think so. But again, when you're when you're trying to save the republic. If that's a tool that you can utilize to to leverage to get something better for the American people, then by George, let's do what we got to do. Okay, so um, there, there's also um, a, a lot of talk about, um, you know, what's going on. We just saw yesterday uh, the president in uh, Michigan, over 100,000 voters, Congressman, voted um, uh, uncommitted um, to, instead of voting for, for, for Biden uh, over yeah. the Middle East. Um, do you believe that, um, I mean, do you believe that the U.S. is, pressuring Israel too much. I mean, you you made a simple statement that said, you know, all Hamas members should die. And you were, you know, they twisted, tried to twist it around on you. And thank God that didn't hold because what you said is what you said. Um, but I mean, do you believe that when Biden is eating an ice cream cone and saying, oh, I'm, I'm told uh, by na my national security people, there'll be a ceasefire probably next Monday. Uh, and if that's not that's not going to happen. I mean, it, do you have confidence that the U.S. has Israel's best interests at heart? Well, you know, I've been a very outspoken critic uh, of Biden in general, but specifically on Israel. You know, I, I had a, a media hit today where I, I literally said, and I said it in a press release last week, that you know, the United States of America and Europe needs to get out of what get out of the way of Israel's domestic and foreign policy, and quite frankly, let them go biblical on their adversaries. Let Israel do what Israel does best, which is defend itself. They've been under attack. So you had the land uh, land for peace deal that dates back over 20 years. It hasn't worked. And it's time to let Israel be Israel to, to defend its homeland. And so, you know, when you understand what they, they were raping and torturing babies and toddlers, girls and boys, they were cutting off the breast of women while they were being gang raped. Every member of ha Hamas and their accomplices deserves the death penalty. You know who should be delivering it right now is the IDF in Israel. So we need to get out of their way. And Biden and, and Blinken have been a hindrance and impediment to Israel. And, and kudos to Netanyahu. You know, Hamas uses civilians 
kids, schools, hospitals as human shields. And they're trying to be targeted, trying to save civilian casualties. But you know what? It's a war zone and people are going to get hurt. You, you know, at, at, at Congressman, and I know it, you don't necessarily want to hear what I've been saying, but I mean, just think of this. I mean, we, we are now in a whole new world. And apparently we have the world, including the United States, saying that if terrorists, you know, uh, who, who do what, what Hamas did on October 7th, then put their weapons and have their headquarters and, and, and fire their guns and rockets from schools and in, inside the populated centers and they walk around in civilian clothes and you can't distinguish who they are. Well, they win. That's it. We yeah. surrender. I mean, that, that's what the world is saying, at least as it applies to Israel. Yeah, which is unconscionable. And, and, and let's be honest, you know, the, these individuals, they're evil. It's, they're evil incarnate. They have no place in this world. They have no place in a civil society. And again, let Israel be Israel. Let them defend their homeland. And I say this anecdotally. If there was a radical group on the other side of our southern border in Mexico, lobbing rockets, having guerrilla incursions into Texas, we would occupy Mexico City within 72 hours, and we may or may not give it back. So why do we hold Israel to a different standard? It's absolutely absurd. We would protect our homeland. We would create a DMZ. We would push them out. We would do what we have to do to protect our country. Israel has the right to do the same thing. Yeah, I, I, I cringe when uh, the U.S. says they don't even want a they don't even want Israel to increase a buffer zone uh, yeah. it, it, from the northern Gaza to the south of Israel, where where the slaughter took place they want no no you can't do that just incredible one more for you congressman and that is um i don't know if you know this and i'm wow i'm breathing a sigh of relief not only did joe biden take a physical today not only did his doctor say he is fit for office didn't need a cognitive test because he's so brilliant he's so okay we didn't even have to give him a cognitive test but he's fit for office <laughs> your your re imagine if Trump went that route. Your reaction? Yeah, I mean nobody believes that. Come on, and, and so look, and, and I don't mean to be disparaging, but you know he literally gets lost in the rose garden. You know they they station Secret Service around to keep him on sidewalks. I mean you've seen the videos where he's walking down the sidewalk and he just keeps walking off the sidewalk into the grass. And there's a Secret Service agent like that's pointing him back to the sidewalk. I mean this is. This is the president of the United States. And, and when, you, when you combine that with the failure of the, uh, the withdrawal from Afghanistan, that's why you see Russia advancing on Ukraine. That's why you see the saber rattling of China against Taiwan. That's why Hamas attacked Israel, because we appear weak to our adversaries. And it matters who leads. I'll say it again. It matters who leads. We, this election in 2024 will decide the fate and the direction of this country. And this is going to be one of those pivotal moments in history where you're going, you can put a pin, right? You can say this moment mattered in history. 2024 is, is a, a, quite frankly, a crisis of election where we have to correct course. And by the way, I got my uh, congressman mixed up before on who didn't support impeachment. Ken Buck, Republican from Colorado, who does not support the impeachment movement yeah, yeah, right. and effort in the House, he is uh, he's proposed a resolution. I think he did it on Monday calling for Kamala Harris to um, uh, invoke the 25th Amendment. Mm. I mean, That's I don't right. see her doing that. But are, I, 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 I mean, are you shocked that more at least Republicans are in saying, you know, getting on board and, and, and passing some kind of resolution are saying this guy's got to go. 
Well, you know, ultimately, do you really want Kamala Harris? <laughs> no, <laughs> your no, but <laughs> right. So, I mean, uh, now I do think we should move forward with impeachment. We know the Senate would never take it up. But going back to Michigan, when you look at all the votes that went against Biden, basically, yeah. is, you know, I said it months ago. I do believe I was on uh, Hannity and Ted Cruz said it the same day. So I don't know if he beat me to the punch or I beat him. <laughs> to the punch, but, but the two of us were labels as these crazy radicals. But we said back then that Joe Biden would not be the nominee. And here we are. We're going to go into July. We're going to go into Chicago. They're going to have the Democratic convention. And I, my odds are that they put someone else in that post, whether it's Michelle Obama, whether it's Gavin Newsom or Gretchen Whitmer, it's going to be someone else because he is not cognitively capable of running this country. And by George, again, he gets lost in the Rose Garden. Let me tell you something. I agree with you 100%. I think it's going to be um, uh, uh, Michelle and Gavin is the VP. And Gavin Newsom, since the time you said that, uh, uh, Congressman, not one hair on Gavin Newsom's head has moved. That's right. You know, straight out of central casting, right? Like if you're if you're to cast a guy who is kind of uh, like you know being groomed for president, you know, uh, you know the Manchurian candidate, and I don't mean to be disparaging, yeah. but he, he he literally is out of central casting. So he's articulate, and that's a, that's that is a you know fierce a problem uh, ticket right there. And yeah. but again, Donald Trump is going to be the Republican nominee. It's time for Nikki Haley to drop out. It's time that we unify the Republican Party and acknowledge the fact that we have to go beat this radical Biden administration in November, and we've got to do it together. Congressman Andy Ogles, thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. I look forward to our next conversation, sir. Absolutely. God bless. Take care. Andy Ogles, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, we have one final segment left in the hour. We'll come back and uh, talk more about the interview and play you some other exciting clips. Don't go anywhere. Steve Malzberg right here on TNT. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Scientists are freaking out over how warm the ocean has gotten. They should freak out. You know why? Because it's proof that it cannot be man-made. CO2 back radiation only penetrates the top millimeter or two of the oceans. So what's warming the ocean? Well, if you've been listening and following some of my writings, it appears logical and appears obvious that this has to be natural, specifically geothermally driven. Now. There are some other arguments out there. The solar people say because of the reduction of incoming rays, it could be affecting the cloud cover. However, as a meteorologist, I could tell you why there's less cloud cover over the tropics. If it warms, and it's going to be distorted warming because of what we call the thermal haline circulation, it warms more away from the equator than around the equator. It affects the vertical velocity patterns, which lessen the upward motion over the tropical oceans. And guess what happens? You have less clouds. Now, I'm not going to get into argument with my solar friends. I will tell you this. Those scientists that are panicking over how warm the ocean is getting should be panicking because it means that they can't possibly be right as to the cause and their gravy train should come to an end. I'd be panicking too. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog Meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. When a crisis hits close to home and across the globe, Nonprofits are on the front lines, ready to serve. Healing, nurturing, rescuing, protecting, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you, the Nonprofit Alliance. 
The Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I have a question for you before we proceed. Um, Where else do you get what you're getting now? I don't necessarily mean just my show. I mean, where do you get 24-7 hosts from around the world on video, audio, uh, you know, whenever you want it. We're, We're always there. We don't ever sleep. (laughs) <laughs> That's how the, the uh, saying goes. And, you know, we're the only ones who do it. TNT, TNT Radio. Nobody else does it. They say they do it. They make believe they do it, but they don't really do it. And we are only two and a half years old. Two and a half years old. I mean, that's like, you know, you should still be, um, well, I don't want to say still drinking milk from a bottle, but you, you get the idea, right? Still finding your way. And we are to a degree, but look what, look at the product. Look at the product. All over the world, all different opinions, all different viewpoints, and it's all here 24-7. Nobody else does it. But others do have heavy sponsorship from those who don't care if you're misleading them, if the platform that they're sponsoring is misleading or lying or has an agenda, okay? Here at TNT, we're trying to find the right sponsors, uh, the right people to, to continue the financing. So while we're doing that, we ask you, go to TNT radio.live tntradio.live and contribute contribute whatever you can okay contribute for every good memory and bad memory you've had from my show since you're on with my show right now and any other show and i'm sure you could you know spare whatever you can and that'll be much appreciated so tntradio.live and uh, help us keep going while we uh, locate the uh, the the uh, right sponsorship to carry us forward okay Thank you. Now, I want to get in a bunch of things here. Hopefully we will. So let us go to, he says, as he looks. Okay, this is interesting. Brett Baer on Fox News. Um, If there are third-party candidates, and a third-party candidate could be more than one candidate, in addition to Biden and Trump, of course, it's not going to be Biden, but Biden, Trump, and third-party candidates, look at these numbers. Here's 314. Now, if we look at Michigan... Our Fox News poll has former President Trump leading President Biden by two points in a head-to-head matchup. But if you then add a five-way race, the former president lead jumps to five points. Independent Robert F. Kennedy Jr. collects 11%. It's the same story, actually, in North Carolina. President Biden trails by five points head-to-head. But then you add in and expand the field. Trump's lead opens up to nine points. So why the shift? Well, some Democrats fear third-party candidates might be drawing support from President Biden, especially among independents, and that is backed up in the polls. The largest political group in the U.S., that's independents. A Gallup poll reveals 43% of adults identify as independent in 2023, tying the record high from 2014. That's interesting. I mean, it's very interesting. And all these third-party candidates from what I saw there in those numbers, at least, take away from Biden and and help Trump. They help Trump. And I think I think it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be good. But again, it's not going to be Biden. And this is going to happen at the convention. And this there's going to be excitement. And the media is going to love it. However Biden drops out, they're going to say, oh, what a man. He puts the good of the country. Of, oh, what a, oh, he's, 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 he's a saint. Oh, what he's doing for the Democrat to save our democracy. And you're going to have Michelle and Gavin Newsom 
and it's going to be they're going to you think you've forget it. That's all it's going to be, you know, and Trump could be involved in a trial. He could be in jail. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I'm not 100 percent confident, but Newsom, who's running the stink state of California. Are you kidding me? Do you see what they're allowed to do in California? You go into stores and you can rob them. I'll bring you video tomorrow. You, they go in and they're just packing up. They rob places and nothing happens to them. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. I want you to um, to watch this. This is Richard Lewis. I don't know when it's from. It's from early in his career. Here is Cut 329. I'm just, I'm excited. I'm just a little paranoid tonight. I, ha I haven't performed in a couple of months and, uh, and yet, hey. I'm paranoid about everything in my life. Even at home, I, on my stationary bike, I have a rear view mirror, which I'm not thrilled about. <laughs> and sadly, my last shrink, she just, she retired about a week ago. I'm freaked out and it was, it was sort of a, a nightmare. She was, she was only 24. I guess I burned her out real fast. And uh, <laughs> the last session was unbelievable. She set herself on fire. She ran out of the session going, no mas, no mas. You know. <laughs> So what do you do? I'm on the road. I'm a comic. You know, you go to these clinics. There are all these rip-off clinics now. I was, in, I was in Dallas. I had this therapy amusement park, Six Flags over Bellevue, you know. And I use those phone services, 1-900-YOU-WACKO, which is a big thing now. <laughs> That's what Richard Lewis was all about. That's how I, I fell in love with his comedy. You know, oh, everything was, oh, no, oh, oh, so, oh and then, okay. So let me, I, I want to have time to tell this story. So I'm a big Richard Lewis fan. And in 1990, I'm um, hosting the New York Yankees pre and post game shows on WABC radio in my sports days before politics. And I'm doing a show Saturday nights from Mickey Mantle's restaurant on Central Park uh, South, right in the window. And Richard Lewis, big Yankee fan. He's sitting in there. So I go up to him and he's, oh, well, I said, you, come on, let me, let me, let's tape an interview for the pregame show. Okay. We arrange it. I meet him at his hotel in the lobby. Let's go up to the room in typical Richard Lewis fashion. You know, oh, oh my God, neurotic, you know, we get up to the room, we get up to the room and he's like, Oh my God, I don't know where my key is. I, I can't find my key. Oh, he goes up to a maid. Oh, oh, excuse me, darling. Oh, I don't have my key. I don't know where. Typical, like a skit, like a bit. Okay, but it wasn't a bit. It was Richard Lewis. He, he thinks he left his key in the room. And then she goes and gets the key. We get in the room and then he says, oh, I have the key in my pocket. <laughs> I mean, I, that wasn't done on purpose for any reason. It was just done. Truth be told, and may he rest in peace, he died at 76 of a heart attack yesterday, or, or today, it was announced. Um, truth be told, he, he, he was on drugs uh, at that time. I, I didn't know it. He used to leave messages on my answering machine, like just greedy, like calling me. And they would go on for minutes. I got such a kick out of it. Later years, I'm doing politics. And I invite him on the show because he's doing a, a, a thing in New York City, okay, at a club. Wouldn't come on because I was a conservative. Didn't like that. Didn't like the political Steve. That's the left. But may he rest in peace. 
We'll do it again tomorrow, God willing, folks. Steve Malsberg, tell your friends, tell your enemies right here, 9 p.m. Eastern on TNT.